just, just to confirm, TJ, you've already be given everyone the I can't believe we're out of school today treatment. That that's already I, been. Actually, it didn't get brought up today. Okay. There was so much anger and uh, right. disappointment and basketball that I don't think it basketball. Got what is this basketball that you talk about? <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Both of our kids are out today. Yours had two days. I know. And then I didn't. So you and I, uh, Josh rolling in here, but you and I, I wasn't aware that there was a difference between a snow day and a remote learning day. And that the remote learning day kind of takes away, like in other words, it's like you're in school. It's like an actual day that you're in right. class, but S- not. The parents but- still have to figure out what to do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I learned that. I'm not complaining about it. It's just my wife and, and all, a lot of the moms were very upset about it. And I was like, okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I guess I need to be up on this. But yeah. True snow day, kids. Enjoy the slush and, and, and mud and the puddles and the disaster that is our, our yards right now, right here. In Norman, okay. See, now Tulsa, I understand, didn't quite get the beautiful white snow that we got. According to uh, some of the 918ers, it was just more of a consistent rain. But, Josh, roads okay? Were you able to get here? Roads are good. I mean, literally, there there was one year we had a threat of snow. It doesn't. Every year runs together when you've gone through like three different eras of kids being in school I think it was Will when he was real little and we were in Tulsa and the night before it was this is going to be a massive weather event and so they shut down everything and the next day it didn't do anything and the kids just sitting at home you're like okay at least we had the snow right and I'll tell you what as somebody who got out and about yesterday pretty pretty awesome nobody was in any store there was hardly any traffic at all. We went to, uh, let's see, where all did we go yesterday? We went to, uh, we were looking for some shoes. It was a big birthday shoe purchase that was taking place. We did a little uh, shopping at Dick's Sporting Goods, which, of course, I have to laugh every single time I walk in. Um, we went to Academy. We went to DSW. Um, we went to the other shoe, Metro Shoe. We, if it was a shoe store in the Norman Moore area, Josh, I'm pretty sure we hit. I think we were at, uh, we were over Brown Shoe Fit for a little bit. We went everywhere. You checked out all the selection at every single store. We were like one or two people that were in the store. It was great. Lunch only. We went to La Baguette for lunch. One of two people sitting at a table. Y'all, it's okay to get out when it's snowing. I just uh, make sure you know that. Especially when it's snowing like that. But, okay, before we get to anything else on the show, I noticed a phenomenon yesterday that literally I almost snapped. And you know me. I'm a pretty calm, cool, collective guy. And I feel like anytime we can avoid talking about 79 to 52, we'll do it. So when did it become a thing that people walk around stores talking on their speakerphone when did that become a thing is it's, that it's not a thing okay 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 um for those of you who do it stop like literally you, you, are you trying to look impressive that you're on the phone i get it when you're in your car right maybe my bluetooth never works in my car so i always just hit the speaker and i drive i understand if it's like a situation where you have four people that are like hold on 
Uh, I'm going to put Josh on speakerphone. Josh, tell him what we need to do. But when you're just walking around, like, looking at stuff, and you've got John on speakerphone, which, by the way, in most stores, the music is jamming. So it's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's like you're at a club trying to look for shoes. Do you have the Nikes and Tens? Meanwhile, Billy's over there on his speakerphone. Why? What benefit is there? I guess just to not hold the phone up to your ear. It's literally like what? What? What is that angle? It's like a what, 10, 15 degree angle that you have to move your elbow from here to here. That's got to be it, though, right? But I mean, literally, is are are you that lazy? Is it that hard to hold your arm up right there? Are you trying to look cool? Are you walking? I was like, speakerphone. Got a friend right here. He's talking to me. I mean, what's? I saw mom doing it while she's walking around. The kids are in the car. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. We don't need. And then they'll be on the phone, on the speakerphone while they're trying to check out. It's like a little bit of respect for the person that's trying to do their job. What's going on? Is is this like a, I, I know I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm a complete old head now. I never had a phone whenever I was a little kid. No. A little, when I had a home phone that had a cord attached to it. No. People my age and okay. younger do not do this. Okay. So this, this is not just, common practice. Okay. <sighs> Big exhale. I was a little bit worried that we are going to have to have a class on coof, as my dad used to say. <laughs> Got no coof. But yeah, I, uh, I was really triggered by this. I actually wanted to stop thinking about, what are you doing? There's literally nobody here except for the five of us, and we're hearing your whole conversation about how you have to be at work tomorrow at 8 a.m. despite the snow, and Johnny over here is at home playing video games. That's the conversation that, I'm not even lying, is truly going on right now. Enthralling. I know, right? So this is the conversation you've got to make sure everybody's hearing. And by the way, speakerphone, it sucks. You can't hear as good on speakerphone as you can when you take that phone and lift it right up to your ear. Now, I'm here to hear, here to hear. Well, it's broken, so I can't talk in it like this. Fine. Go to an area away from everyone and have a speakerphone conversation. So I had that. And then Oklahoma goes out and is down 11-0 at the first media timeout. And you're like, what's going on here? So, Josh Helmer, as we welcome you into a, what is today, Wednesday? Where'd this week go? Where'd January go? A Wednesday edition of the Plank Show. What happened? What 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 went wrong last night in Fort Worth for OU basketball? How did it get as lopsided as it ended up getting? I think the shorter answer would be what went right for Oklahoma. And about the only thing that went right was C.J. Nolan. And then everything else, not very good. And when that's the case and you fall behind 11 to nothing the way that they did, it can get ugly in a hurry against a really good team like TCU. I don't come away from last night thinking, okay, this is an Oklahoma team now, 11-9, and 2-6 in the Big 12, and they've just totally – th- out. Yeah, I don't – I based on the way the year's played out so far, I think it's just a night that got away from them. I expect Oklahoma to be competitive. I don't necessarily expect them to win – a bunch of Big 12 games the rest of the way, but I do expect them to continue to fight for one another and for Porter Moser. Last night, though, man, it just landslide in a hurry, and they never never could get it back. I uh, I have written a list of, of positives and negatives from last night. 
I have two things in the positives list. So let's go ahead and get those out of the way because we are a, and always have been, a glass half full kind of a show. Have, has, will, whatever. Always, always, Josh, glass half full kind of a show. Um, TCU did this to Kansas. There's my positive. And they did that in the fog. Do anything for anyone? TCU's playing really, really well right now. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt. I, You've already mentioned C.J. Nolan, but TCU did do this to Kansas literally like three days ago, and it was on the road, and it was in a place where you're not supposed to – where you're not supposed to win games and do you always get the bad calls? But I just that's what that's what I came up with. You caught a team at the wrong time. You really did. Toby was talking about something on my drive in that I was um giving an amen to in the car. This is a team that I, I, I think we all agree lacks a rock star. There's Buddy Heald ain't walking through that door. And even Trey Young's teams struggled with winning games. <laughs> but Trey would get it right. Trey would get his. But it's oh, all Trey Young. But Grant Sherfield's got to be that dude night in and night out. Not saying you have to score 40. Not saying you have to put 50 on the board. But, you know, we were thinking about this is really going to be a quick little side road. If you're going to win games, your best players have to play their best against good teams. It was funny because everyone's talking about, oh, Brock Purdy, maybe he was just really good in college and no one was paying attention. Well, think about his senior season, right? Just just real quick side road on this. He played his worst in the biggest games. And Iowa's the best example. And we were somehow got on this last night. Iowa beat Iowa State when Iowa State had Brees Hall, Xavier Hutchinson, Will McDonald, Brock Purdy, Mike Rose. Uh, I forget the, the the safety that they had, Greg, uh, Greg Eisworth. I mean, they had dudes. And they got dudes that are playing on Sunday. It was supposed to arguably be the, Iowa State's best team of all time. But what happened in that game against Iowa? Brees Hall fumbled, Brock Purdy got benched. Your your best players didn't play their best. We can go in an infinite amount of, of situations where a team that we thought was pretty good gets beat. Why did they get beat? Well, the other team's good, but your best players have to play their best. Your best players can't be the guys that are going 2 for 11 from the floor and basically, again, I, I don't know Grant. I've never interviewed Grant. Um, I like watching him, but I think a term like disengaged could be used to describe what it appeared he was last night. My words, my words. Okay, now, didn't hear that. That's no. That I, that's what it seemed to me. I'm not here to bash the kid. I'm just telling you what I felt like I saw, and maybe it's unfair to put that much on him. But Josh, if Oklahoma is to win those games, whenever you know they're going to a top ten school. I mean, TCU, 
if Thanksgiving, who does TCU have next? I think they have a very, believe it or not, winnable game in the SEC showdown, right? Um, yeah, they got Mississippi State. Now, they've got to go to Mississippi State, but they've got Mississippi State, and then then they've got West Virginia next week. I mean, that's a that's a top 10 team. By the way, they get Mississippi State, who currently rolls in on a uh, four-game losing streak and plays Alabama tonight. So they get a Mississippi State team that is struggling. And, in fact, it's not just a four-game losing streak. They've lost seven of their last eight games, and their only win in that stretch was against Ole Miss, who's currently 1-7 in SEC play. So that's a top-10 team, right? They're 11th in the ranking right now, but when all is said and done next week, that's a top-10 team. Is it unfair to put that on Grant Sherfield and say he's got to be your best player night in and night out? I say no. Am I, be, am I putting too much on him? No. Th- okay. This Oklahoma team needs him to play well. Th- this Oklahoma team doesn't have enough consistent firepower around him for him to go out and connect on one of eight threes and two of 11 from the floor and expect to win. Probably not going to happen with this group. No. And, and that's most college teams – and Oklahoma would fit into that category. There's probably a few teams where it's, okay, we can survive our star having an off night. I don't think Oklahoma's one of those. Unless Tanner Groves is going to go out and put up, you know, 20 points. And, I mean, he just was – I honestly thought Tanner Groves was going to have a big game last night. When I saw that Eddie Lampkin was out, I thought, okay, all right. Maybe – um what do the kids say? Season? Maybe it was Tanner Grove's season. Maybe this would be a moment where he could get rolling. But, I mean, TCU jumped out of the gates and never looked back. Oklahoma falls to 2-6 and six in Big 12 play. And I, I can't help but go back to what, what was said when we had Joe Lenardi on yesterday, and we asked about Oklahoma's postseason chances. It was he he made it very simple. It's like Oklahoma's got to win games, and a night like last night definitely puts you in a tough spot. Oh, by the way, Alabama's coming up this weekend in Tuscaloosa. Porter Moser's post game press conference was two minutes and forty five seconds last night. We'll share some of it with you when we come back. I don't blame him, man. I don't know. I don't know what you do. It's it's got to be frustrating because you know this team has been so close on so many occasions. I mean, look just look at the look at the national rankings right now. Take a moment. Well, I'll, I'll do it for you, okay? <laughs> so that way, um, well, they haven't even played Kansas State yet against the number nine team in the country on the road. Yeah, them beat. And they come back and basically beat you by a possession in a, in a game where they shot infinitely more free throws than you did. Against Texas at home, team you had beat, one possession game. Um, I, I mean, it's just got to be Baylor. Baylor's currently now 17th in the country, moved up four spots, had them beat. I'm sure that those one possession, those 3.2.1 point games, Josh, I, I bet they probably wear on you a little bit. And, again, I'm not ready to 
I'm not ready to tap out on the entire season. I'm not ready to say this team has tapped out on Porter Moser. But by God, Josh Helmer, by God, they need a big-time performance against Alabama on Saturday. And guess what Alabama's really, really good at doing? Shutting you down defensively. Alabama's doing with hoops what we had hoped would happen here. Right? You you watch games in Tuscaloosa, and it is hopping. Boy, it is hopping. But play well there. Wash the taste out of your mouth. Three-game losing streaks have kind of become the norm in Big 12 play. See if you can't get things right in next week at home against OSU and Bedlam. I mean, think about it, Josh. They play, they play Bama this weekend, and then we turn the calendar to February for their next game. It's February 1st. We're getting into nut-cutting season, man. But that's not – I double-checked and made sure that's still okay to say. That's not – that has to do with actual tree nuts, right? So there you go. I, I don't know how much to add. You guys can feel free to jump in all day long on the Air Comfort Solutions text line and gals at 405-651-3439. The Riverwind Casino jackpot line is 405-3299000. Or as always, Josh and I are alive and well on Twitter. At Josh on Ref, I'm at Plank Show. Josh, I have two tidbits of good news to cheer everyone up in the Sooner Nation. Good. One involves softball, one involves football. We'll get into it next right here on the Ref. Boy, I will say this. um, The Porter Moser presser is a really good listen. We're going to play it for you at 10 a.m. Again, now, I don't – Porter didn't go in there and be like, I'm out. Like, literally, I think there were like one question asked of him. And there's – I don't know. I don't think – listen, I'm not going to try to get – but I don't think anyone travels a beat rider anymore. Um, though I'm sure the – I think the I think uh, Aber and those guys were down there in, in Fort Worth last night. So Ryan was, I'm sure, front and center for that disaster. So I'm not like trying to say he went in there and was short. He gave an incredible answer. Incredible answer. But you'll, uh, you'll hear it coming up at 10 a.m. But uh, it hasn't stopped you guys in the Air Comfort Solutions text line, which we'll get to in just a bit. All right, I mentioned two tidbits of good news. All right, let's, let's cheer things up here, all right? Let's cheer things up. Number one, for those of you who always complain about not being able to get tickets to the OU softball games, right? I hear it a lot, and I understand. And I think my eternal charge to you has been – Hey, when they play at Hall of Fame Stadium during the regular season, that's that's a time to go. And there are several opportunities in 2023 to see OU at Hall of Fame Stadium. The Hall of Fame Classic tickets will go on sale in exactly 33 minutes from my mark. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Soonersports.com slash tickets. The, in fact, last night was the night when I finally allowed myself to really look at the OU softball schedule. And that's week two. You know, literally, we're going to go to, or, or pardon me, week three. What am I saying? It is week Hall of Fame classic. Okay, I'm getting the, I'm getting the regular season just, games at Hall of Fame Stadium confused with the actual Omni Hall of Fame Classic. This is March 17th. I apologize. March 17th for the Hall of Fame Classic. And OU will play Weber State, Northwestern, and two games against Auburn. 
It's five games for the Sooners. Five. Including what will be a, a Saturday night primetime game against Auburn, which will be kind of a regional-type feel. You guys, the Sooners were preseason number one, but they're not – oh, my gosh, I, Coach Gasso, I just almost cussed on the air. They're not messing around with their schedule. I mean, if you haven't taken the time to really look at it, I it's, um, it's as challenging of a schedule. Sean had texted me back the other day and said, you've got the, the two-time defending champs that might be playing one of the most brutal schedules in softball. And I bet Coach Gasso is fired up about it. So, season starts in two weeks. Two weeks from tomorrow. But, as y'all know, it's tough to get challenges. So, OU is playing in Oklahoma City on March 17th in the Hall of Fame Classic. You can get tickets starting at 10 a.m. this morning. And Soonersports.com slash tickets. Two games on Friday, 4 and 6.30. Two games on Saturday, 4 and 6.30. And one Sunday game. And then we hit the road for the start of conference play. Let's go. Do it. Be there. OU, softball is coming. And um, I know Tyler is just, he's ramped back up the the Diamond Envy podcast. I think Gray Robertson was just on with him, the very talented voice of Alabama. Um, I'm going to jump on with him next week. I we're getting there. Hey, it's going to be it's going to be a challenging year. Josh, look at their playing in the Marionette Classic. Texas A&M, Cal State Fullerton, uh, DJ and Utah are there, and then they wrap things up against UCLA. No joke, folks. No joke. So there's one tidbit of good news. Can I give my other tidbit of good news? Or what do you else? want to wait till after the break? What else do we have? Okay. No, let's let's share it. So I was minding my own business last night. But I want to give a disclaimer to this. I hate whenever people talk about what their sources are telling them. But I've so I'm not being like, well, my sources tell me it's 12% this, 14% this, and 5% this are yelling at you and telling you that I know a guy. But I've developed some pretty good friendships with my relationship with ESPNU and um, just doing radio hits with uh, Ryan Fowler and the crew in Alabama. A lot of good friends already. We're really excited for the SEC move to get those guys on more and how I might get Ryan on here. So Ryan texted me this morning and said, hey, I'm hearing a lot more about Jeff Levy for the Alabama offensive coordinator gig. And so I started digging around, talking to a few people I know, and from what I have garnered this morning, Jeff Levy's not going to Alabama. And they want him. And Alabama wasn't the only place that wanted him this offseason. There was a multitude of teams, if that's even the proper term to use, that have come and knocking on Jeff Levy's door. And I know, I know that there's some of you that I will never change your mind on this, that even if OU goes and wins a national championship and this OU offense averages 50 points per game next year and uh, Dylan Gabriel wins the Heisman, you'll still be like, shut up, a Texas. I mean, I get that. I completely understand that. I've accepted that in my life. But – 
I think it's also time to accept that Oklahoma's got an offensive coordinator that is incredibly highly respected and wanted from uh, from the two-time defending national champs to does that taste weird to you coffee or is it okay tastes a little watered down I told what's going on with that it's like it's like this is we need to have a talk about the Keurig here it's like watering down our coffee for goodness sakes it's in its fresh k-cups it was a fresh k-cup mm. huh. you know what I'll try a second one it's not like because sometimes I'm guilty of using a K-cup, like like fill your cup and then top it off a little bit. Sure, nothing that's wrong not, with that. That's not what I did. That's not what I did there. Um, anyway, back to the point. The interest has been robust in Jeff Levy. But you're saying I, stay and put, you think? I think what Alabama came to the plate with was basically what he was making here. And so I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that you're going to see Jeff Levy leave for the sake of leaving. That's that's what your boys hear. That there was once desires interest. In Je- if you listen to anybody that covers or is, is around any team that he's been a part of, if you listen to any of the coaches talk about him, you get it. There's just this faction that it's so frustrated with the way things went this year. They're like, we'll be fine. Get rid of them. Which just couldn't be more further from the truth. So, if that was a concern, I'm here to tell you today, I don't think it should be that big of a concern. Unless there is a... Um, late offer? Well, not even a late offer. Unless there is some sort of massive disconnect between head coach and offensive coordinator that doesn't appear to be there. So, I tidbits of good news. OU softball tickets for the Omni uh, Hall of Fame Classic go on sale today. In fact, at 10 a.m. this morning. You know what my desire is more than anything else? Is to see something like that have the upper deck attendant. Is that even proper English? Have peeps in the upper deck. Because they sold out the bottom row for the Big 12 tournament. And they had to open up some of that upper level. But I I'd love to see I'd love to see there be a forced opening of the of the upper deck because of the amount of ticket interest for that game. And I know it'll be there. And uh Alabama's calling. But it appears as if everything that they have tried to do to get him there is not at the level where he is right now. Or at least not significantly more. Is that code enough, you think? You want to translate that? They didn't offer more money than Oklahoma. Which, to me, I was like, let's go. Because what would always be something in years past, if you, oh, we're too cheap with this, or we don't spend enough on this, or we didn't fight to keep that guy, whatever. War chests need to be larger. Right. Well, apparently that war chest pretty large. All right, when we come back, Air Comfort Solutions, text line plus, 10 a.m., the Porter Moser Press Conference right here on The Ref. Got, got a lot of good clarifications here on the Air Comfort Solutions text line on the speakerphone conversation. Because this is good. I'm guilty of this. Uh, but did I say, oh, you playing in Tuscaloosa earlier? I may have. If I did, I, they went Tuscaloosa last year. It's just Norm this year. LNC. Oh, I think Christy had tweeted and said, uh, hold on, I wanted to read this because I thought it was it was very passive aggressive and I truly appreciated it. Christy realizes he just said we're playing in Alabama 
uh, I have a ticket on Saturday that says we're playing in Norman and we need a full house. Please correct it. That's about as passive aggressive as you can actually make something, Christy, but thank you. Um, <laughs> this is good. This is good. Um, from the 405. Now, are the people doing – we were talking earlier about speakerphone, right? And here's how I know it's speakerphone. Because they're holding the phone like literally up to their mouth while they're just walking around and the other person is yelling in the other side of it. Versus, are they doing FaceTime to show that they are, are looking at – or to the people they're talking to to make sure they get the right thing. This is a great clarification, okay? Really good clarification. Because I'm guilty of going to the store and being like in a spice aisle and being like, all right, which which one of these dill seeds am I supposed to be getting? And I'll have to get the FaceTime out and point it. You know, it's that the reality of it. Um, no, these are speakerphone conversations that are happening instead of FaceTime where you hold it up so you can look at the person, right? Because why would you FaceTime someone just for them to look at the bottom of your chin the whole time, which would make no sense, right? Dumb. I don't get it. It makes no sense. Um, Russ in Atlanta. Those people on the speakerphone are just wanting to look important. <laughs> I mean, ding, ding, ding. Very true. Very true. Uh, fair, fair point. This is, um, this was actually pretty good from Las Vegas sooner who writes working in the office out West and listening to the show on the app. Thank you. Vegas sooner. You struck a nerve with me with the speakerphone talk, abridged a story, son in the hospital for a staff infection over Christmas for three days while in the recovery area for three days. We heard multiple people talking on their speakerphone every time they had a call at every hour of the day. What are you people thinking? <laughs> P.S. Fully supportive of Coach Moser, Boomer Sooner. Hey, what a nice little close. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's funny to me how it's almost as if you're the problem if you say – what's up, Steel Man? You're the problem if you say something. It's like, hey, I don't need to hear your conversation. Hey, mind your own business. It's like, hey, listen, my phone call. What are you talking like? Yeah, it's your phone call that we're all having to hear. Put your earbuds in. Put your wired corded headphones in. Get the hell out of our face with this. And really, why would you want anybody else to hear what's going <laughs> That's on? That's my whole thing. I mean, more than just even being... You know, disrespectful to the the clerk or being a distraction to everybody else in the shopping center. Why do you want anybody to hear what the hell you're talking about? No, I exactly. And in fact, whenever I'll do, if I have to, which I have to FaceTime a lot because I'll get sent to the store and I can never find what I'm looking for. But literally, the speakerphone or the FaceTime conversation is like two seconds. It's like. Hey, is this it? No, down, 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 over, Hi, right, later, up, up. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Great. Bye. If I have to talk to someone in the store, I hold the phone up to my ear and I walk around, or I have my AirPods in, and then that's always kind of funny because someone will look at you. You're like, no, I'm sorry, I don't have a phone. <laughs> Acceptable behavior. I'm sorry, I'm talking on the phone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is good. I don't think it makes anyone look important. It makes them look well. I won't use that term, but let's just say ridiculous. Uh. True sooner. Speakerphone people have been told not to hold the phone up to their ear while they're driving 
so it may be a habit for them, definitely irritating. All right, fair enough. Like you're used to having it out when you're driving you or however you consume calls while you're in the car. It's a fair point. Yeah. But, I mean, it. I mean, don't, don't a lot of people have their phones synced up? You would think. You don't even really have to hold it. Unless their Bluetooth never works. Chris, 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 writes Guy from Guyer. You really missed the boat on this one. Spice Isle is the perfect opportunity uh, for you to get the wrong thing. The goal here is incompetence. Very good point. Though, Guy, I won't lie, I kind of enjoy being like, oh, I'll go to the store, be right back. Gone. I was trying to go to the store yesterday. You need me to go to the store for that? I'm a big go-to-the-store guy. You need me to go pick that up at the store? I can go grab that. Yeah, I, that's I've never like understood people that DoorDash or people that have their groceries delivery to them. It's like get away. That's a chance. Go, little, dude. Little fresh air. I can listen to a little podcast. I can listen to the ref. I can drive around a bit. A little sports radio. Right. It's great. It's great. So I, I'm a big get out of the house kind of guy. Now, now, to to magnify like my level of incompetence, I might fold laundry incorrectly. Be like, I didn't know. I this is how I've always done it. I might maybe do a dish not to the nth degree of cleanliness, right? If you there's a little life hack for you, you want to get out of doing things, just do them terribly, and eventually someone will take over for you in the house. Like I always tell my wife, it's like, you know, you complain about me leaving this cup out, but every single time I go to find it, it's magically gone. So I don't know what's happening here. Uh, here's one more. Just as annoying are the people uh, who watch videos with the sound on. In public places, especially when it's just like dropping bombs. Are you aware that you're in a mall? You're in a Walmart, dude. You're not. You're not like in the the comfort of your car. When someone's mfing on your video, we can all hear it in the spice aisle while I'm trying to find the poppy seeds or whatever. There could be families here. Yeah. Thank you. What about the kids? Jerry <laughs> England, tell us how you really feel blank. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to help shape the minds. All right, since Get Back to Sports Guy is ringing incessantly in my head, here's Oklahoma Jones with a good one. And every time I see Oklahoma Jones, all I can think of is Ice Cream Jones. Did you ever have Ice Cream Jones or Ice Cream Cereal when you were a kid, Josh? And the spokesperson was Ice Cream Jones? No. The commercial was, my name's Ice Cream Jones with the crunchy new cereal for breakfast with the great taste of ice cream cones. I'm pretty sure I remember that from my childhood. And I am Ice Cream Jones. And so every time I see Oklahoma Jones, I think of Ice Cream Jones. He writes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I get Alabama is the premier college football program, but for them to go off for Lebby for the same position without a significant raise, what the hell is that all about? Um, wait, hold on. Without a significant raise is what we all hate about them. That's right. Now, don't get me wrong. From my understanding, what, do you guys know what Jeff Levy makes at OU? I mean, he's $2 million coordinator, right? He makes $2 million at OU. So let's just say you would think that it would be probably like in the upwards of like three, three and a half. It wasn't. It was a raise, but it wasn't. From what I, I've, I've been hearing. I mean, two and a half would have to be the baseline. Right, I think, I think that was pretty much the baseline. <laughs> so I get what you're saying, Ice Cream Jones, but yeah, that's and that's what they do. I personally think I heard a name mentioned last night for Alabama, 
that intrigued me, and that was Scott Frost. So Alabama has an opening as their offensive coordinator. What does Nick Saban love to have in coordinator positions? Guys that have kind of been in a roundabout way resurrecting their careers. Now, I don't know if he goes into it and finds, oh, gosh, I need an offensive coordinator. I need to find somebody who's broken. All right, bring in the down and out board. (laughs) So I don't think that's the case. But, look, um, Brian Dayball had been fired. I mean, Brian Dayball, the head coach of the Giants, had been fired. Didn't think he was good enough. Um, so Dayball's on that list. Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, Bill O'Brien, all guys that have – and I know I'm missing someone in there and it's losing my – Dan Enos was a guy, you know, that that great where the hell is Dan quote from Nick Saban in the Bruce Feldman article whenever he left from Miami. Guys that had had some struggles in their careers. So – you know, you start thinking about the names that have been mentioned for this. Scott Frost would hit would fit perfect, right? And a, and he a would guy, fit that bill. And a guy that's been a little broken. So Scott Frost is a name that's mentioned. Joe Brady has been a name that's mentioned. Um, Dan Mullen is a guy who's been a name that's mentioned. But Jeff Lebby is. I mean, listen, he's had to overcome adversity and rebuild his career. But it's not as if he's coming right off a tough situation. Had a good year. Not a great year, not an elite year, a good year as an offensive coordinator. So it would it's kind of like which of these kids is doing their own thing. Levy would kind of be unique in that. But, boy, Scott Frost would be an interesting fit. I don't know if Scott Frost is going to coach anymore. I think Scott Frost – remember, they had to drag him off a ranch to make him coach in the first place. And now that he's – Got all the money. I can't – I don't know. I just can't fathom him wanting to get back into coaching. Might just be enjoying life. He got a big buyout from Nebraska. He's good to go. Good for him. If that's the case, well done. All right, I've got a very good text message when we come back on tonight's OU women's basketball game. Because tonight, Josh, there is a shot at history. Taylor Robertson is on the cusp of becoming – the all-time leader in three-pointers made in college basketball history. But there's a little caveat to it, and it involves a TV broadcast. And we'll get into it next right here on The Ref. All right, so here's the uh, the text to pay off the tease. Porter Motors um, – who? Porter Moser's full postgame from last night coming up in a bit. From the 405, this sucks. Taylor Robertson has a chance to break a record tonight, and no one can watch unless they have that crappy network of the Shorthorns. Way to go, Big 12. Way to show off your top-ranked women's basketball team. Yeah, that does suck. Yeah, and probably it should get flexed out. When you've got this type of national story going on, you know, but they're looking at it and saying, okay, well, we can draw traffic in. Right, sure. But really – "Quote unquote for the greater good, they they probably should move it, so or should have. For those of you that are unfamiliar with the chase towards history, Taylor Robertson is on the verge of becoming the all-time leader in three pointers made in college basketball history, and she is two away from tying, one away from becoming the all-time leader." And 
it's just, I mean, it's twofold, right? Um, number one, you'd love to have someone that wasn't a Longhorn on the call that'll be just basically put out everywhere if she hits it. But I do have a, I do have a way to help, Josh. Right here on our flagship, 99.3 FM and 1400 AM, we'll have the call for you of Taylor Robertson's pursuit of history as she chases down Kelsey Mitchell's record of 497. Robertson currently at 495, which is the most of any men's or women's Big 12 basketball player ever. She's the NCAA active career leader in three-pointers, three-point field goal percentage, and is in the top five in free throw percentage and points. But tonight, tonight, Josh, is for history. To become the all-time three-point shooter in college basketball history. And we'll have the Sooner Radio Network call for you beginning at 6.30. 7 o'clock tip. Now, I understand history is on the line here, but ooh, so much more. OU is currently in first place all by its lowsome in the Big 12. And Texas is just a game back. These teams last played in Austin in February of last year. And Texas took care of them. See if Oklahoma can exact some revenge. Should be a fun one tonight. The Sooners have won two of their last three meetings over the Longhorns tonight, 7 o'clock OU in Texas. It's the Plank Show.